Something happens, and I'm sure you're fully aware of this. Something happens when you buy that first investment property. It's almost like if you've bought your first primary residence, you're like, oh, I'm a home homeowner now. I, I get this. I, yeah. I understand escrow and, and how all this stuff works. But when you buy that first investment property and you start to see the checks coming in and you start talking to your property manager and you, you realize that your tenants are paying your mortgage down and that your property is appreciating in value and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I, I get this now. I get this. Hey there, I am Dr. Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast, where we explore the why behind success. Every week, I meet with real estate investors, veterinary entrepreneurs, mindset coaches, authors, and fitness professionals to uncover their why and how it drives them on the winding road to success. What is your why? Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today, I'm here with Rich Fetke. Rich oversees the marketing and business business development at Real Wealth. He's passionate about developing a team and systems, and he's always looking for new ways to bring good people to his network. Uh, he's a licensed real estate broker, experienced investor, and master certified business coach. I, Rich, I feel like that bio doesn't nearly do you justice. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna stop there. Uh, first, I'll say thank you so much for for coming on the show. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you today. So I appreciate you taking the time out. Thank you. Good to be here. Looking forward to this. Awesome. Can we just start with you telling telling people your story, your background, kind of um, where you started? And I've and I've heard it. I've heard you on other podcasts and things. But I, I it's actually a very interesting story. I love if you would share with our listeners. Sure. Yeah. And I know before we started, we we're both talking about being from the Boston area, but yep. I moved out from Boston in 95, 1995, and um, met my wife, Kathy, who some of your listeners might know, Kathy Fetke. And uh, she's out there a lot in, in the real estate world. Uh, but I met her in a personal development workshop and um, just fell in love with her. And then I started, I had owned a health club in the Boston area and I sold that and I started coaching. Uh, when I got to the San Francisco Bay Area, when I moved up to out to California, and built a really thriving coaching practice, did really well. It was an early days of coaching back then in 1996 when I really started to get going with it, and really built up this successful practice. Uh, ended up with a book deal with Simon and Schuster. Was giving keynote speeches all over the country. So was feeling amazing, like on top of my game. This young guy and Kathy and I had two young daughters. And did that for a while. And then it was 2003 uh, when my book had just come out and I was diagnosed with melanoma, which is skin cancer. It's the most advanced form of skin cancer, which is usually not the biggest deal because you can have surgery to remove it. Uh, but the doctors thought it had spread to my liver because they had me do a CT scan and then an ultras uh, ultrasound. And they showed those so same four masses on my liver. Uh, so I met with this oncologist and he said, yeah, it looks not good. And uh, looks like it has spread to your liver. And I said, what does that mean? And he said, it means you got about six months to live, most likely. So it just rocked our world. Kathy was a stay at home mom at the time. Like I said, we had two young daughters at that, that time, they were seven and three years old. And so we did not know what we were going to do, because Kathy didn't have a real income source. Um, but we were coaching and Kathy was coaching as well. So she had this small radio show in the San Francisco Bay area uh, that she would do on the weekend. It was kind of a pay to play radio show. 
and cover topics around personal development, um, getting focused, being your best self, all this. And so she pivoted and she said, I want to start interviewing people who are financially successful because I need to know how to make some money here. And she started to have some people on her show and they were real estate investors. So um, thankfully, the doctor's diagnosis was wrong. That's why I'm here today, 20 years later. Uh, it was what they call a false positive. They, they thought it had spread to my liver, but those they were just clusters of blood vessels that looked like cancer and then it had spread. And so connecting that to the melanoma, that's why they thought it had spread to my liver. So I was perfectly healthy, diagnosed cancer-free after I had the surgeries to remove the melanoma. But it was that that really turned us on to real estate investing. And so after that positive diagnosis that I was going to be okay, um, and Kathy thinking you know, that she was not going to have to find a way to make an income, um, we just looked at that together and said, let's start doing this together. So we took some of the funds that we had from my coaching business, and we did a cash out refi on the home. It was our first home that we owned. We did that up in the Bay Area. And we went to a little town north of um, Dallas, Texas, called Rockwall, Texas, and we bought five investment properties. So that is what turned us on to real estate investing. And we were investing out of state. And Kathy continued on this path with her radio show to interview successful real estate investors because we were fascinated by it. And her listeners were fascinated by it, too. And that's when listeners and some of our friends were saying, how are you doing? How are you living in the San Francisco Bay Area and investing out of state? And again, this was back in 2003 when we didn't have the resources that we have nowadays to be able to do that. So that's when we decided to form a group where we could help people do this and invest out of state. Kathy became a licensed real estate broker. Uh, I mean, a mortgage broker, sorry. And uh, that's we just started to help people that way. And that's we formed this company we called Real Wealth, Real Wealth Network at the time we called it. And, um, you know, we thought we were going to have maybe a couple hundred people that we would help and we'd have this, you know, small kind of side thing. And that group that we thought would be a couple hundred people is now over 71,000 members today that we've helped wow. um, people with investment, you know, acquiring investment properties throughout the United States. So it's been a wild ride. Yeah, that's an amazing story. And, and I mean, there's a couple of really, I mean, not great that you had the cancer diagnosis, but but it, it the, the point of, you know, sort of what that does for people, I think, yeah. you know, a lot of people see real estate as risky. And the funny thing is, like, from having this podcast, talking to other people in the space, it's like, it's almost that when people face something like that, that they realize how risky normal is and how, <laughs> you know, that. kind of like, well, okay, I have this. And, and I mean, you were an entrepreneur already, but like you had, you know, essentially a job that required you to be a part of it. Whereas with, with real estate, what we're, we're trying to get to that point of where like, not that we don't want to work, but we want, we need something that's going to provide income outside of our time. And so it's just, it's always fascinating to me. And I'm so happy that, you know, your story had a happy ending there, but like that type of stuff that really catapults people into real estate because they're, I don't know if it's like, what else do I have to lose? What, you know, that kind of thing, but just right. the, the idea of, you know, it's, it's oftentimes an event, you know, uh, like that, that it seems to springboard people, but you, you and Kathy were, 
I mean, kind of doing, <laughs> I guess, like paving the way for a lot of things. You know, you, you mentioned you were coaching back in, in, you know, the late 90s, mid to late 90s. Like, yeah. now that's a thing all the time. You hear about coaches <laughs> all over the place. And yeah, it, but, totally. But I don't remember hearing about that ever before, even a few years ago. Like, now it's very popular and common. So, I mean, you, you sort of were uh, at the front edge of that. Kathy having the radio show. Now everybody has a podcast, which I would equate, you know, she's basically doing the same thing yeah. that, that people are doing now with podcasts. It's just fascinating to hear that that you were both kind of, <laughs> I guess, paved the way, doing all of this before it was sort of mainstream. So um, congratulations on being, you know, groundbreakers and stuff. I, <laughs> I What made you... I mean, how did you know to do these things? I guess, you know, now it's like, I feel like there's, there's lots of coaching programs like yours mm. that, you know, they're everywhere that there's social media and all of that. But um, as like not too long ago, we were, I was talking to someone about the iPhone was invented in 2007. So Is you're doing crazy? long distance real estate investing before there were really smartphones and which is like, yeah. I feel like that's the reason we can do it now. But but y'all were doing that before. So I'm just kind of curious about what that what that beginning was like, how how you made those things work in, in such a successful manner, the, the way that you did without all of the tech that we have now. Yeah, you know, I think it's a mindset thing around, for me, it's like being an early adopter has kind of always been part of my makeup where I'm like kind of get into weird things. Like when I was 12 years old, that was 1976. I'm, I'm almost 60. Um, but, um, I was, you know, out in Boston and I bought a skateboard. Um, I just heard about this thing skateboarding and this is, you know, when it was popular in California at the time, but in Boston is like, no one had a skateboard. And was like, what, what is this thing? What are you doing? Yeah. And so that's what got me to want to live in California, actually, is reading these skateboarding magazines and everything. So I've always had this kind of early adopter mindset of like wanting to try something new and cool. Um, and so even like you mentioned with the radio show with Kathy, or even going back to coaching, it's just I was into personal development. Um listen to personal development audio cassettes and, you know, Brian Tracy, Tony Robbins and all that. So when I saw an ad for this thing called coaching and said, do you like to help people succeed? Are you into personal development? And so I signed up for this course just to check it out. And that's what turned me on to coaching. And yeah, back then when I told people I was a coach, they'd say, well, what sport? You know, yeah, <laughs> it was definitely right. unknown back then. Yeah. And so, yeah, now there's coaches for everything, everywhere. Kathy and I work with a relationship coach once a month, you know, just to kind of make sure our relationship is solid and strong after 26 years of marriage. And um, so there's, there's like a coach for everything now. And even with her radio show, like you mentioned that, um, I really wanted this thing called an iPod. And Kathy's like, why do you need an iPod when you have a Walkman? And I'm like, you can have a thousand songs in your pocket. It's amazing. You know, so I got yeah. this thing called an iPod way back then. And then all of a sudden I got this email from them and uh, from Apple and it said, hey, we're, there's this new thing called podcasts. You can listen to it on your iPod and you can listen to these pod podcasts and um so i took the cd from kathy's radio station it was kks kkos up in uh, san francisco and i turned it into an mp3 i uploaded it to this new thing on itunes back then called podcast so kathy had i think it was the second 
um, real estate investing podcast. So it's getting being an early adopter can really lead to opportunities early because you're ahead of the curve. You get in and yes, it's riskier because you're trying something new. But at the same time, I think it really can position you um, to to grab an opportunity first. So I think that's an important thing. We're always looking at that with our business today. It's like, what's going on? What's coming? What's next? And how can we adopt or adapt to this uh, new technology or whatever it might be to to kind of have the edge? Yeah, I, I think, and I guess uh, I want to I talk about that a little bit more as, as far as, you know, kind of what's what's coming in the future. But before we get to that, I do, I do want to maybe dive in a little bit more about the, the beginning of, of your real estate career and what, sure. you know, you, so you said you went to, to um, uh, Texas, you know, mm -hmm. north of Dallas there and bought five investment properties. Was this like, we're doing this all at once? We found this spot. Like, how did that kind of come about? for I, I you talked about how you got the capital for it, but like what was your reasoning for choosing that market and being you know again you know going straight to long distance Great investing question. which is again like now that's pretty commonplace but that that was right. not necessarily the norm then so what, what was your your thinking there um it was not our thinking it was kathy because she had a san francisco radio show she was able to get some pretty good guests when it came to real estate investing and this is, you know, we were, she was learning from these different mentors. She became the mortgage broker. And then she had this guest, this guy named Robert Kiyosaki was a guest on her show. We had a friend who was bringing his cash flow game over from Hawaii over to the States. Uh, her name's Laurel. And so she introduced us to Robert Kiyosaki. Kathy had him on the radio show and he was adamant as Robert can be about, <laughs> You know, you you're, you people in California, you're idiots. If you keep hanging on to your high price California rental properties, you need to sell. There's a crash coming. You need to sell these properties and you need to get to areas where it's a linear market, where the jobs are going, where the people are going, places like Dallas, Texas. And so Kathy heard that and came home and she said, here's where we should go. She went out to Dallas on her own. She flew out there. She met with a property manager and that property manager introduced her to a real estate agent out there and a broker. And that's the one that showed us these new builds. And we were able to buy um, those investment properties. And she bought one and she came back and she said, I bought, I bought an investment property. And I was like, what? And, but it was, it was great. You know, she, she's yeah. the one that she's a quick start. So she'll jump into things and just go for it. And then she'll like, she'll buy the puppy. And then she say, she'll say here, take care of the puppy. And then I'm more the one of the, you know, putting the the files together and making sure all the payments are made and um, working with the property manager and all that stuff. But it's a, it's a great partnership. You know, I think it's important to have someone like that in your life, kind of like two people come together. One's more of the, the analyst and the structure. One's more of the go for it, um, you know, out there, go for a person. And yeah. it's worked really well for us. So that it was Kiyosaki's advice that you know sell those high price california properties and diversify move that you know 1031 exchange that into places like texas and so that's why we did that we didn't follow his advice completely we gave a lot of that advice to the members in our network back then which was very small but we we're like you know robert kiyosaki saying to do this so we connected with a broker that same broker in the dallas area and that was the first person that helped us send people out to to him it was a husband and wife te team 
uh, to buy their investment properties. And so it worked great when they paid us a referral fee for sending people to them. They hooked them up with good properties and property management. Uh, so that was our introduction into it as far as investors. And then we started to, as the network grow, grew and um, what, I, what I was saying there about not taking all of his advice, we, Kathy and I held on to two of our high priced California rental properties. And that was, and then we got hit hard in 2008 um, because we didn't follow his advice. Had we taken those and 1031 exchanged them, we would have some amazing properties, but we ended up having to do short sales on those properties. We lost money, um, but we steered our members of Real Wealth the right way. And now those people are super stoked on on the investment properties they bought. Yeah, yeah. So, so many good lessons there. I mean, even just from a, a, a partnership perspective, right? It's it, whether you're married or not, you know, a lot of times in business and especially in real estate, like we're, you're going to have partners and having those complementary strengths uh, is is so important. Like someone someone being the visionary, someone be the being the integrator, and yep. and and maybe some of that crosses across. I'm sure. Like I I certainly uh, feel like you have plenty of vision as well. But but I th I do think like there's that often those are the types of relationships and partnerships, whether in life or in business, that that tend to do the best. Just like just yeah. having that kind of uh ability to to bounce i i mean that's like like in that's me and my wife like i'm definitely the the dreamer the visionary and and sometimes it's sometimes it's good to have the person that puts the brakes on a little bit and like a little it's, bit it's like, yeah yeah let's let's just just hold on a minute and think about this mm. a little more rationally you know and you know because it, it's i think when you are that visionary you're like it's, it's going to work. It's going to work. I'm going to make it work. This is how we're going to do this. Yeah. Then and then like, you need that other person, right? <laughs> like, I can't believe that. But it, yeah, just having the other person that that is uh, help, like the behind the scenes making it work. So I, mm -hmm. I think it's just, it's just so, so important in, in, uh, in relationships in general. I and agreed. I, th I think, I mean, I sort of appreciate you sharing that, that those uh, California properties, you know, you faced some difficulties there because I do think real estate's not a win every single time but the 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 fact is like despite that you've been extremely successful you didn't say oh well we had a couple of properties not go well we're not doing real estate it's like this is this is something I think that is probably important for people right now given the market where there are mm -hmm. there are some struggles and a lot of uh, markets and asset classes and things like that. And I think my biggest fear is that people get turned off from real estate because you, you don't, you don't like do it and then have something go bad and stop doing it. Like that's when you almost want to double down because mm -hmm. yeah, that, that's when you that's really exactly lose money, how right? you, right now, now we're going to go, you know, here, things are going to go up again eventually. And it's like, you don't want to stop doing it when you just had something go the wrong way so um yeah. i just think that those are those are important lessons yeah you know those properties that we bought in rockwell texas they were about 14 and they, what were they they were trying to think back on i know they were renting for 1500 and they were one hundred and fifty thousand dollar properties. I was thinking one hundred, one hundred and forty five to one hundred fifty thousand. We bought those properties for. Today they're they're worth like two seventy five to three hundred. So it's just like, 
Yeah. And, and yeah. renting for double what they were renting then. It's right. just, it's amazing. So if you can hold it for the long haul, that that's right. real estate. Yeah. It's just, it's just t the time that just hang on and, and let it grow. And I, I would imagine even the, the properties that you had to short sale, if you had them today, probably worth like, Oh yeah. No, we, we both them up. Yeah. We'll, we'll jump on Zillow or realtor or something like yeah. that and look up and be like, Oh man, I wish we right. get a, that's what it comes down to. You just, as long as you can control the asset through a downturn, meaning you have enough reserves or it's at least break even cash flow, and you can ride out the storm, even if the value goes down, it can go down 30, 40%. It will come back over time. As you know, Kathy and I've been to, through a couple downturns now. So, you know, we've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't realize, I mean, I, I guess it goes both ways. You don't realize the, the gains necessarily or, the losses, unless you have some sort of capital event, whether that's a sale or a, or a refinance. So it's kind of like you, you, a lot of times I think it's, you hear, um, I don't know, I think in, in social media, you see people uh, in some ways get maybe mad. I, I don't know what it is when they get, they get upset about people with that have a high net worth. Right. And they're like, we just, Elon Musk, like, oh, he could end world hunger because his net worth is whatever it is. But it's, <laughs> isn't he's not sitting there with like a giant bag of money? It's oh yeah, like it's it goes with you know he it goes with the value of his companies and things like that. So it's 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 a lot of it's on paper, but as you said, you know, sort of maintaining the cash flow and 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 some level of reserves so that you can ride out those storms. I think is just like in, incredibly important and and uh i think right now where we're going to see a lot of you know people have success versus people have struggles is is if you've you know kind of set up set up your business to run that way yeah and you said something earlier that was really just wise advice because there's so many people who are just afraid to invest and they think like well what what if there's going to be a market crash and i heard this guy this youtube video saying that real estate's going to go down or the economy could crash and all this stuff and it's like you know i heard kathy say this the other day about you know anything can happen if you hold off on investing you know it's like you could make an investment and there could be a pandemic right there could be uh, a war there could be a natural catastrophe in California, there can be an earthquake. So it's like, if you're always trying to avoid 100% of risk, there's just no way you're going to get any type of gain. So mm -hmm. sometimes you just got to take action and just do it smart and make sure that you can, you know, suffer a downturn or not even suffer, make it through a downturn and you're going to be okay. Yeah. And it, and it just goes back to kind of what, what we talked about at the beginning with your story is that sure there's risk but there's again there's risk in normal and there's risk in <laughs> you know you, you people get people get laid off people lose their jobs people get sick like there are all kinds mm -hmm. of things that can happen that can impact the salary that you have and i'm not suggesting people don't have jobs like i'm not i'm not one that's like everybody should quit their job i i, I think you just have to think about it and find other ways that there's some you know, other source of income and, and, you know, people talk about having seven or eight sources of income and it's like, maybe have two, <laughs> maybe have three, like, like start with one additional one and kind of work your way, but don't be afraid to make those investments because it, in the long run, it, it should, you know, pay off for you. For sure. I mean, that's why we named our company real wealth and we define real wealth as having the money 
and the freedom to live life on your own terms. So it's not just about making a whole bunch of money and commas and zeros on your net worth statement. It's about um, being able to have that freedom and the peace of mind and to eventually build up to a place where you can be job optional, where you have your job. And, you know, most of the people we work with are high income professionals. They're busy professionals. They don't have time to go out and do real estate investing on their own. They want to just acquire hard assets and direct some of that money that they're making from their W-2 job into an investment that's going to grow over time. So yeah, that's yeah. that's what real wealth is to us for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe talk about that a little bit. Like how how is your your company structured? What you know are are you? Uh, I guess what's your asset class focus? Like things like that. Like what are you guys working on now? Whether that's personally or with your um, with the people you're coaching. Yeah, we've kind of stayed in our lane when we got out of our lane and we tried to, you know, dabble in some things and like we some some like a tech startup we raised funds for. We tried to do multifamily, but because we're not good at it and don't understand it, we failed there miserably. So at one point we're just like, let's leave multifamily to the pros that people know what they're doing and they've been studying it and focused on it. And let's stick in our lane of single family, one to four unit residential and emerging markets around the country. So what we do is we have um, 18 different property teams currently. Um, we have about 20 employees at Real Wealth. We're a 100% remote company and have been since 2012. And um, well, we started in 2003. Um, so we basically what we do is we have these property teams around the country that we vetted. We've gone out to their markets. We know that they're growing markets that Jobs are going there, that people are moving there, that there's a diversified economy with multiple employees, employers, not just one industry. And once we find that, then we find a property team and brokers in that area that have quality investment properties available. And they're ready to go. They're rent ready. They have a tenant in place. And that basically what we do is we educate people on how to do that. We've never charged for that ever education. We've never charged people for any type of our courses or anything like that. Um, the way we get paid is basically um, we're a real estate brokerage. So just like any broker, when we refer a client to another broker, there is a referral fee and that other broker will pay it from the seller's proceeds. So the property team that's selling the property pays us a referral fee for sending them buyers and investors. So it's kind of a win-win for everyone. The yeah. you know, buyer finds a great property that's been vetted and in, in a good market. You know, we benefit because we get the referral fee and it's great for the seller because they're having a hard time finding investors and people to buy their properties. Um, but we send them a whole bunch of qualified leads of people who've got the money and the credit and who are looking to build a portfolio. Yeah. So you, so the, I'm, then I'm, understanding this if i think i'm understanding this correctly but these are essentially turnkey properties it's not uh necessarily like fixer uppers flips that kind of thing these are these are right turnkey exactly yeah. residential got it yep they're either turnkey residential or we just stopped using the term turnkey because it's been so bastardized so many people say oh it's this it's yeah, turnkey yeah. and then you come and you look and you're just like oh you put new paint and uh new carpets in there that's a turnkey rental huh it's like right. so we came up with what we call our real income property standards that uh it's probably about a 35 point checklist of everything about how much time is left on the roof is that how old is the hvac system yeah. um are there new appliances uh, all of these different things 
Uh, so for us to be able to offer something, it has to meet these real uh, income property standards, or it needs to be a new build, which is also going to obviously meet those standards, which is what we've been mostly focused on lately is new builds, brand new build to rent uh, homes, one to four units. It's the main focus. Yeah. And, it, and I mean, turnkey is a bit misleading because I mean, ultimately it's a, it's a, it's a building and the, the parts of a building have wear and tear and th things are going to need to be, um, you know, sort of taken care of at some point. So yeah. it, it's uh, to think that um, there's that, uh, that you're going to, even if you buy brand new, that nothing's ever going to happen, I think is probably misleading. So um, yeah. I, I like something, that. Right. <laughs> right. I like that shift in, uh, in, in perspective there. Um, you mentioned that you're, uh, you like to be early adopters. What do you see, you know, everybody's talking about AI, right? Like that's, that's mm -hmm. a big part of it's huge everywhere right now. Are you seeing opportunities to use that in, in real estate within your businesses uh, in, in, I'm sure I, I do think we're very still very early in that, you know, sort of the development of, of AI and also the use cases of AI, but what are your thoughts on, on that? And, and maybe anything else that you think, you know, kind of uh, you're looking at as sort of to be an early adopter of. Yeah. I mean, it's only been, it's less than a year, right. Since it's yeah. become publicly available is November last year that chat GPT came out and all these, you know, AI platforms became available for us to use. And man, I, you can see how much it's grown already in less than a year, just the intelligence of it, the ability of it, the way people are using it. So yeah, we started using it day one, uh, a lot for our marketing copy for also when it comes to real estate for analyzing these markets to put in, you know, you can just put in, tell me about this market. Uh, this real estate market and yeah. chat GPT will come back with the population who the major employers are um, population growth numbers. It's, it's fascinating. It's like having the most amazing intelligent team of assistants yeah. who you, you ask them a couple of questions and they go to work on it, but you get the answer back instead of a week, you get it back in a minute or <laughs> 10 seconds. So right. we're using it that way for a lot of that research. We're using it for, a lot of our marketing copy, it's really helpful. We'll kind of like come up with something and throw it into chat GPT and say, you know, clean this up, improve, improve the writing. And that's pretty phenomenal. And then the a third part, as far as the looking ahead business wise, um, it's also looking at, you know, there was this whole iBuyer craze of people just buying investment properties through websites. They would go in, they would look at the the numbers on it on the website, they'd look at a couple photos, and they would just kind of buy it sight unseen and think they were putting together a solid portfolio. And it's kind of backfired for a lot of them because the there wasn't that AI, there wasn't that intelligence. It was basically just a listing and it was un, not really scrutinized. So yeah. people would end up with some real crappy property. Sometimes they'd hit a home run and get a good one. But what I see with AI there is in the future is people will be able to say, here's what I'm looking for in a property. Um, here's the performer numbers I'm looking for. Here's the returns I want. This is how much I have to put down or how much capital I have to invest. And AI is going to be able to do what a a great investment counselor can do nowadays, someone who's experienced, who understands real estate, who understands all these different markets, 
that's what we're seeing for AI in the future. So we're looking at how can we incorporate that into our business with our very high touch, high service um, piece of real wealth. You know, we have three investment counselors who are experienced investors. They've been investing for over 10 years. They, they all have um, cash flowing portfolios and diversified around the country. So when our members meet with them, you know, there's that human element of, you know, especially if someone's first investment, there's a little bit of fear and, you know, they don't want to lose. They don't want to make the wrong decision. So meeting with a human at this point uh, is very comforting where you can ask that person questions. What, what's your experience here? Have you been to this market? Oh yeah. And what was it like? Well, I felt like this, you know, and so you don't get that from AI. So we're kind of looking now at how are we going to marry artificial intelligence and that human touch for real wealth as far as us as a business. Yeah, I, it's uh, I, at least in my experience with with ChatGPT and, and any of the AI, like the, it's the prompts. The prompts are incredibly important, right? Like if you incredible. ask the question or, you know, suggest whatever you want it to do and you're it's a little bit it's not worded the way you should or something like that, mm -hmm. you, you can get a very, very different answer. And so I think I think. I think that's where that human element becomes most important, right? Because you have your, you have your investment counselors, and if someone's just going to go to ChatGPT and say, "Hey, tell me where I should buy an investment property," and they don't know anything, like th that's when they could really get themselves <laughs> into a lot of trouble. So, yeah, I, you know, totally. it's just, yeah, ChatGPT makes mistakes, no right? Doubt. <laughs> and it's just it's just using all the tools at your um, disposal, human and technology. So I think it's. Uh, it, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see the capabilities, but, but I, I think almost, almost more compelling is what, how we are going to use that as a society and like implemented in our businesses and our day-to-day -day life. And, and I know there's like, there's fear about, well, kids aren't going to have to do homework anymore because they're, they're going to just to say chat gbt write me a book report on whatever and and, and i mean some of that's going to happen like that that is going to happen but it, mm. it's i think th th there will be it'll be interesting to see what how that all you know kind of plays out and how it gets uh incorporated into our, our regular lives yeah and which you, you know said, that's like, what we were hearing in, in year 2000 it's like right. oh this internet thing kids aren't you know going to know how to use a dictionary anymore or, you know use a you know encyclopedia or whatever it might be and it's like yeah, yeah you're right they're going to learn a new way to do it right yeah right <laughs> calculators instead of yeah. slide rolls yeah so right, right. You gotta yeah, adapt. We've, we've moved away from the abacus and we have you know it's just <laughs> exactly. kind of like th that stuff is it you, you just have to f you figure out how it how it adapts to to the new life to to our new uh way of doing things um yeah, yeah i think i think it's very very fascinating um Rich, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears here. I want to get to ask you the questions I get to ask every guest, and I, and uh, certainly uh, love love this conversation. I don't want to keep you all night, but um, first question I ask every guest is related to the name of the show being "Know Your Why." And so um, I'd like to know, you know, what is your why? You've obviously had a ton of success. You've been doing this for a long time, but um, you haven't stopped. So you know, kind of what what keeps you going? What what motivates you at this point? Hmm. Um, I mean, the book behind me on my bookshelf is my most recent book. It's called The Wise Investor. And the subtitle, and this is to answer your question, the subtitle is um, 
basically it's called the wise investor. It's a modern parable. So it's a story about creating financial freedom and living your best life. And so the, the reason I have living your best life in there is as a coach, coaching people for over 20 years, my whole focus was helping people live their best life, be their best selves, grow, learn, um, be fulfilled, all that good stuff. And then when we got into real estate and we made the purpose of real wealth, um, that's our purpose, helping people create real wealth where they have the money and the freedom to live life on their own terms. Because for Kathy and me, we know what it's like to struggle financially. Um, when we went through that whole medical thing and the medical bills and all that, we got hit hard by it and it was scary. And we know that when you're stressed out about money, you're not a great parent. You're not a great spouse. It makes it harder to be a better human. And so that became our purpose is helping people have that uh, financial freedom, if you will, and which turns them into better humans, better people, better parents and all that stuff. So we're driven by that. It's our purpose. And our whole team at Real Wealth is all aligned around that purpose. We we talk about it all the time. It's our core um, values and everything like that. So it's a long answer to that, but that that's what it's about. It's It's about helping people create real wealth is our purpose and i've already defined it yeah i i think that's such a i, I the title and the and maybe even the subtitles like it's so it's just so to the point like th like this is the reason right like this is the reason that having wealth ultimately matters again it's not like like i said like nobody cares about having a giant bag of money like the idea <laughs> is to right. get like to get to the point where you can weather the storms without having an impact everything else. The idea is to get where you can help other people achieve those purposes as well. Like that, like that's the whole point. And it, it's, it, you know, having that um, defined in your book and within your company, uh, I think is just amazing. Uh, uh, I, I think really like <laughs> it speaks to me as far as the, that's kind of what I think the whole, the whole point behind Mm, getting yeah. into real estate and like doing this stuff and uh that's the idea is is not you know it's to to not have to worry about you know like, like take the worry of money away and it yeah, allows you to be stress yeah that sort of as you say like better parent better better um spouse and you know probably better in a lot of phases in life yeah, um it's core there I feel like I know a few things from hearing you on other podcasts, but I generally ask uh, people to to share something about themselves that maybe isn't common knowledge, special skill, a hobby. Um, I have heard a few things. It doesn't have to be the, anything that nobody else knows, but something that you what you've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've heard the uh, you're an adventure sport uh kind of aficionado i think is is maybe yeah or a junkie it. or yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i've been into adventure sports for a long time i've uh done some pretty wild stuff and bungee jumped off the golden gate bridge bungee jumped off half dome climbed oh, wow. el capitan a couple times skydive with kathy we both got certified in skydiving uh now we keep it a little more mellow now we're surfers rock climbers uh but yeah that's uh i don't know it's just a there's a stoke that comes from that. It's the type of thing where I love continuous improvement. And so those are all sports where you can constantly just be in the zone, keep getting a little bit better, keep working on mastery, uh, overcoming fear and all that stuff. Those 
So those sports really speak to me. Um, yeah. If, so that, that that's on that side of things. It fits well with, I think it fits well with being, you know, sort of that early adopter mindset that you spoke about and just that your willingness to, uh, you know, push the edge, be, you know, take a little bit of a risk mm. for, for the you know, sort of overall reward. Um, I want to, you bungeed half dome. I've, I've done the, the part you walk up, right? Like not, I have up the cables. Yeah. Up the yeah cable I've gone yeah. up the cables. Yeah, that's which how was, we got up there. <laughs> yeah. That was one of the coolest things I've ever done. Also fairly scary. So you, how do you bungee off of it? I mean, it's, <laughs> I did it with my, my younger brother kind of, he's my partner in crime, but, uh, but it, it's not illegal. You know, you can't, you can't base jump off it. They say no air, you know, no flight, yeah. but because there's rock climbing and all that. So we, I think we're the, the, I know we're the first and I think we're the only ones to do it, but we lugged up a whole bunch, 150 feet of bungee cords, which bungee cords pretty much double in length once you yeah. jump on them. Uh, and we just, there's big boulders up on, they call it the, the, the rim or the diving board. Yeah. And we put all this webbing kind of like seatbelt belt material around all the big boulders up there, secured everything. Everything was triple backed up, quadruple backed up. And even the bungee cords are backed up there's multiple. And, um, it was scary, but you know, it's one of those things where, cause the, the rim hangs over a little bit. So yeah. we couldn't do a big dive out if, you know, like a typical of when, when we jump off a bridge, you can dive and do a big swan dive, but right. we just like step off and, uh, you know, 5,000 feet below is the Valley floor. So it's, it's definitely, it was an amazing rush and it all went well. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's yeah. that, well, I mean, I'm just, I, I know. Like I said, I I know what I know what Half Dome is like. I've been been up there. Like I can't I can't even imagine how you wouldn't have come back and hit the rocks. I guess that's like that, that's like, like the jumping off is one thing, but like coming back and and smacking up against the side of it is yeah. If you drop a I, plumb line down, which we did, yeah. there's about sixty feet. We you know we dropped it down about one hundred and twenty feet, and there's about sixty feet from the end of that line to the rock because um, Half Dome curves over so much yeah, or yeah. curves away and um so we knew that as long as we didn't jump out too far we'd be fine i swung a little bit i was so adrenaline full of adrenaline that i jumped out a little bit <laughs> and swung toward i was coming toward the rock and put my foot out but yeah never made contact with the rock so <laughs> that's <laughs> part I, of yeah, the deal that's, that's amazing that's amazing <laughs> i i like i said it was it was uh an amazing experience climbing up the cables but also like just that part was a little bit scary so that's that's incredible yeah um, it is a little scary i mean yeah. just the you know, yosemite is just just an amazing place yeah, yeah it's, it's breathtaking beautiful. it's absolutely beautiful one of my favorite places um when people hear this and they want to reach out to you what, what's the best way um probably just our website i mean the wise investor my book is on amazon uh it's actually on sale right now on amazon so uh, my publisher's got it on, on discount um, so that's a great way to kind of learn the philosophy and get engaged in the story. Um, but our website is probably the easiest, just realwealth.com. Perfect. And we'll put, we'll put all of that in the show notes too. Um, Rich, final question for you. What piece of advice would you give to someone who's thinking about getting started in real estate? They've heard this, they're inspired by your story. And they're kind of trying to figure out what what next steps should they should they take? What would you tell them? I would say make a commitment to if you're just getting started to make a commitment 
of three to six months, whatever you think you can commit to of learning uh, and just really dive in. There's so many resources. So, so many amazing books, podcasts, um, groups like Real Wealth that you can join. Bigger Pockets is amazing. Uh, so it's really like educating and just like listen to your podcast. You know, it's like you can learn so much in three to six months of daily learning. And, and it's like, put your mind to it every single day, maybe just devote 20 to 30 minutes each day to learn something. And it's amazing how all these terms and how it seems like a different language and everything, it all starts to come together. And then after that three to six months, whatever you set, then take action, buy your first investment property. Um, I think it's great to get started for your first one in a, in a single family or invest in a syndication into someone's, you know, really understand that if you're going to invest into like multifamily and someone's syndicating it, make sure they're an experienced developer or an operator that they've been doing it for, they, they got a track record with some successful projects and then you could do that. Um, but our advice at Real Wealth is usually just buy that first single family investment property. You can get something for 150, 200,000. So it's not going to crush you um, as far as your deposit, leverage it, get a loan, put the 20, 25% down, buy that property or buy a duplex and house hack it, live in one side of that. But something happens, and I'm sure you're fully aware of this, something happens when you buy that first investment property. It's almost like if you've bought your first primary residence, you're like, oh, I'm a home homeowner now. I, I get this. I, yeah. I understand escrow and, and how all this stuff works. But when you buy that first investment property and you start to see the checks coming in and you start talking to your property manager and you, you realize that your tenants are paying your mortgage down and that your property is appreciating in value. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I, I get this now. I get this. And then, then you just repeat it. And then you get another one, get another one. And most people I know usually start with single family. They get, you know, two, three, sometimes five or 10 investment properties. And then they'll kind of often graduate and they'll get into uh, more multifamily, or they'll diversify and they'll invest in other people's funds. But I think that's the key: educate yourself and get started. Take action. I, see, the reason I say that is I've got friends who've been talking about investing, buying their first investment property for fifteen years, yeah. and they, you know because they know that Kathy and I invest, and they're like, oh, "I got to do this. I got to do this." And and they're kicking themselves now. They they miss this last window of opportunity of all the awesome appreciation and the low interest rates. But the best time to get started is now, really. Right. <laughs> Just like, you know, don't wait. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, no, I, I, think, I think that's great advice. And I think that's, again, it's like that just because we, we sort of finished one, um, you know, bull run doesn't, doesn't mean there's not never going to be another one. Like it, it's, it, it's not, it's not too late. Uh, it's too late to go back in time, but it's not too late to invest in real estate and have the same thing happen to you over the next 10 years. Like it's, it's still, it, it's still going to do the same thing. So, um, yeah. it has been doing it since the beginning of time, really. So it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of, uh, it, it reliably, um, reliable over time. Absolutely. Um, and also if you're, you know, if you've got a decent W2 income, the tax benefits are amazing too. So you're actually going to be in a way making money that way too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's, there's the, the, the benefits are, uh, 
innumerable i think they're it's just, it's <laughs> yes kind of, and it, it's it, that, and that's you know you feel that way once you've done it right like, like you said so you buy a home you're a homeowner you're like look i did it i bought a home you buy an investment property now you're an investor you're really doing it and and you just start to see all of those things happening that you hear people talking about and if you, mm -hmm. you're doing that you know three six months of education all that stuff you learned all of a sudden you start to put it in action and you see wait this is this is really true and then some so it, it's a it is a really cool um i don't know transition and and uh, yeah and it's a hard asset it's not going to yeah. vaporize you know right. it's like you know we kathy and i invest in, in stocks too but you know 80 percent of our investments are in real estate because we've seen that stocks can just vaporize you know it can go to nothing but when you have a hard asset and you know Last time I checked, people like to live indoors. So residential right. real estate right. is uh, is definitely a good idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Rich, this was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank I you. appreciate your story. Like I said, I, I, there's so much, I know there's so, so much more to it, but um, thank you so much for taking the time out today and and um, sharing everything with you did that you did with me and, and my listeners. I really do appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Folks listening, I know you're going to love this episode. Uh, Rich provided a ton of value. Please like, rate, and review the show so we can get more great guests. And thank you all for listening. Hey there, I am Dr. Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast, where we explore the why behind success. Every week, I meet with real estate investors, veterinary entrepreneurs, mindset coaches, authors, and fitness professionals to uncover their why and how it drives them on the winding road to success. What is your why?